Okay, welcome to February 2nd on Joe's Daily U.S. History Lesson. 1887, the first Groundhog Day. In a small town called Punxsutawney, about 90 miles southeast of Pittsburgh, German settlers brought a holiday called Candlemas Day. February 2nd is the midway point of the winter, and candles would be lit as a ritual, or superstition I suppose, depending on how you want to look at it, to hope for as fair weather as possible for the remainder of the winter. The Germans used the poem, For as the sun shines on Candlemas Day, so far will the snow swirl until May. So far as the snow blows on Candlemas Day, so far will the sun shine before May. Or, as it is said here in America, If the sun shines on Groundhog Day, half the fuel and half the hay. The groundhog, which was a hedgehog in Germany, comes out of its hibernation temporarily, and if the sun's out, it will see its shadow, thus predicting the rest of the winter. Like, I'm from San Diego, where it's always sunny and warm, so I guess I just don't get the concept here. It just seems like it would be a lot easier if you just look out the window and see if there's clouds or not. But anyway, in Pennsylvania, this holiday is a big deal at Gobbler's Knob. Phil is the name of the town weather predictor, and while most groundhogs live on grasses, dandelions, and clover, Phil lives on dog food and ice cream. He lives in a climate-controlled environment at the Punxsutawney Library, and as human beings gather around to watch his prediction, he comes out at 7.25 a.m., says hello, then goes back to sleep for another six weeks. Something like that. According to StormFacts.com, Phil's prediction has only been correct 39% of the time. In fact, in 2014, Phil took the Denver Broncos to win the Super Bowl. And Phil could not have been more wrong. That game started with a Seattle Seahawks safety and then a kick return for a touchdown. Broncos quarterback Peyton Manning not only was intercepted by Malcolm Smith, he was intercepted by Bruno Mars and the Red Hot Chili Peppers as well. The total of that game would be Seattle Seahawks 43, Broncos 8. Their fifth Super Bowl loss. Omaha! Seventeen eighty one. Nathaniel Green finds reinforcements in North Carolina. After the decisive British defeat at the hands of General Daniel Morgan in the Battle of Cowpens, British General Cornwallis was after Green, who had retreated to the south. If Cornwallis could catch up to Green and defeat him, the British would hold the South. Green attempted to meet his militia at Cowan's Ford in Mecklenburg County in North Carolina. But as he found out, his militia was defeated and General William Davidson was killed. Green rode to Steele's Tavern through a very cold storm and arrived on February 2nd, 1781, alone, exhausted, penniless, and desperate. The tavern keeper, Mrs. Steele, made sure to take care of Green and gave him two bags of money and a much needed breakfast. But it wasn't just the food and the money that changed his mood, it was her kindness and patriotism that reminded Green why the fight must continue. Green got up, took a portrait hanging on the wall of King George III that was given to Mrs. Green sometime before, and on the back he wrote with chalk, O oh George, hide thy face and mourn, before turning it to face the wall. And face the wall he did. Green hung the portrait on the wall backwards. That picture is still there at a Presbyterian Church Museum in Salisbury, North Carolina. 
Green's circumstances seemed to change right then as he found over 1,700 Continental arms stashed away for his army. 1892, William Painter from Baltimore patents the bottle cap with a cork seal. And he didn't stop there. Painter also came up with a bottle opener, a machine for crowning bottles, a paper folding machine, a safety ejection seat for passenger trains, and a machine for detecting counterfeit currency. He was inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame in 2006. And that's it for February 2nd on Joe's Daily U.S. History Lesson. Thanks for listening.